Welcome to the Barebow Project Podcast, developing fundamental skills for barebow archers and bringing the excitement of barebow competitive archery to you through the lens of some of the best archers and coaches in the world. JD3 from Kingsley, PA. I uh, like long walks on the beach. I thought this was the yep. Bush podcast. This week on the Barebow Project podcast, you have me, Mick Chambers, from the Archery Geek on YouTube, as I sit down and talk with some of the top competitors of the 136 U.S. National Championship. We've got John Dillinger, John Demmer, Joe Kashurik, Frank Madonna, Robert Hickerson. This was an amazing podcast. So without further ado, let's kick it. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Barebow Project Podcast. My name is Mick Chambers. I'm going to be your host today. Um, typically, it's Frank Madonna, but guess what? He is one of the Barebow Archer Men Superstars Heroes uh, of this uh, podcast. Yeah, we're talking you up, Frank. So you need to start uh, acting like a hero. So all these guys on here are heroes of mine, anyway, for sure. Super, super great archers. Um, some of them are a little bit new. You might uh, recognize uh, John Demmer. He's uh, how many years you've been doing this, John? Much. Yep, one year. That's right. So <laughs> anyway, um, th- thanks guys for, uh, for for being on the podcast, man. You guys are, are did a fantastic job uh, this year. 136 annual, right? If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, how about we go around the horn a little bit here and we just introduce each other uh, to each other. You guys know each other, but to the, to our uh, listeners. So let's start with uh, Robert. Why don't you go? Robert Hickerson, uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, been in archery about five, six years. Been at did bare bow now for about two. Wow, that's incredible. All right, um, Joe. Sure, uh, Joe Shirk out of Houston, Texas. Um, been shooting bare bow for about four years now. Um, been to a couple of uh, national um, outdoor tournaments. This is the first one that I uh, broke through, so to speak. Yeah, you did well. You did really well, uh, Frank. How about you? Everyone, um, Frank McDonough. I am the co-host of the Barrel Project. I'm an owner of Grass Hollow Archery, and I got lucky and managed to pull out a fourth place against some pretty stellar competition during the Open. And I don't remember what I got national sixth. I think so. Thanks for taking the reins on this one, Nick. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off and you guys will just take over. I hope that's what I'm hoping anyway. Um, uh, John Demmer, the third, tell us who you are, hey. where you've come from. JD3 from? JD from Kingsley, PA. I uh, like long walks on the beach, yep. probably <laughs> under the moonlight. Uh, been, haven't been single for 20 years. Sorry. <laughs> well, if you think you're, if you think you're going to, that's going to change. It's not. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, how did you do it? How did you do at the nationals, JD? Hey, you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did pretty good. Shot, uh, shot okay. Is Dillinger on here? Yeah, no. Who's he? Who's he? He's next. Oh, he's next. Don't worry about me. He's next. Whoa! What the heck is going on there? <laughs> <laughs> no one heard it's, like all that. it's all it's all gone with the caterpillar mm-hmm. all, right, all right dilly come on let's hear let's hear your story and, and how you did yeah 
John Dillinger. I'm from Smithfield, Utah. Um, been shooting Baribo about six years, I think now, but I've been shooting since I was like a teenager. So I've been compound, mostly hunting, stuff like that. So uh, really just been competing seriously for about five or six years. Wow. The late bloomer. <laughs> so there's a, you know, other than, you know, I'd say Frank and, and JD, that's, that's not a lot of uh, experience in Baribo, but uh, some great results uh, this year. Amazing. Uh, are all you guys hunters? No, absolutely. Okay, so Frank is John. I know you are John Dillinger. I know you are, and John Demmer. I, I thought this was the yep. Bush podcast. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Not hey, you know what? For a hey, hey, uh, um, Gilly, why don't you let your uh, mustache introduce itself? <laughs> <laughs> it's filling in nicely. His like mustache. It. His mustache name is Matt Turnzak. Great. <laughs> That's fine. Um, you ever guys I, ever, ever watched a Family Guy episode where um, <laughs> Peter had Brian as the mustache? That's what he looks like. I'm not living my life without a mustache, even if sometimes my mustache has Alpo gas. <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> mustache fart. So I, I used to hunt when I was in Pennsylvania, but now that I'm down here in Houston, um, yeah, they don't really hunt down here. They kind of like cage the deer and shoot at them. That's, you know, a little That's bit different than, than what I'm true. used to. <laughs> hey, Joe you, Joe, you got a nickname or something? Am I supposed to be calling you something other than Joe? You can call me Joe. You can call me Cash. You can call me whatever you like. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I think that's what Frank was calling you. Honey. Money, right? We always call him Honey. Is that yeah. A couple other names, but we won't mention them since we're live. <laughs> No, hey, dude, you can say whatever you want. It's not it's Frank's <laughs> podcast, JD's podcast. So. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm going to have to edit everything out anyway, so uh, gotcha. take a little piss out of you. <laughs> so, okay, let's let, let's get the business. So, uh, you know, it's funny that uh, JD brought up um, the push. So, a little later on, we're going to have a uh, surprise guest on here. Um, so, if you're listening, uh, stick around. It's going to be the best crossover since um, DC and Marvel. It's going to be amazing. So, uh, so stick around until a little bit later on. Right, Greg Pohl's not coming on here, is he? No, uh, just, wanted, uh, just checking. Just checking. <laughs> oh man, you might want to edit that, edit that out. I will. I'll, okay. Unless it's, it could be, it could be PJ Riley. It could be PJ Riley. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't like this. You part being a host because who the hell knows what's going to happen? It could be crazy. It's just he might awesome. be upset with me. I called him a chump earlier today. Who, PJ? Yeah, he was shooting against Jesse, and I said, what is this, champs versus chumps? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. So, listen, while we're talking about PJ, PJ's going to be a future guest on the podcast, but let let me just say, did you notice his little sky draw he had going on there? I did notice you that. You did notice it. So, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I texted it to PJ, and here, this was his response. So. Nick, right about now, yep. you're going to put the P, the picture I'm going to send you of PJ at yep. full draw at this moment. And then um, I'm going to read to you his response via text. Hold on. Let me find it. Um, I told him, I was like, well, dude, I'm, I don't want to bust your balls, but I do. And then he said, watch the draw, dude. I don't draw up there. 
Hey, and then so, I said I was going to post the link to a sky draw video at Lancaster and say, does this look <laughs> like, does this look like the PJ that we know and love? But we'll let it, we'll let the viewers make the, the decision there. And I'll, I'll, Shooting clout. I will put, uh, I'll put the video in here where he says, you know, um, he's talking about, you know, the proper draw weight just recently. Um, and he said, I like to shoot 70 pounds because that's what's comfortable for me. I'm like, holy shit, 70 pounds, that's a lot. <laughs> he did shoot well in that little shoot-off with Jesse, though. Dilly, did you? Did you oh, yeah, he shot really well. well. Yeah. Demmer, did you oh, see like, it yet? No, I don't support anything PJ-related. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. It was I can't it pull was 70 edited. pounds. He can't pull 70 pounds. That's a that's bunch of horse shit. 70 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Oh, my gosh. He's hey, not uh, even here to defend himself, and we're cutting him down <laughs> like crazy. He can listen to this and come on later. He can listen to this and come on next week. Hey, All right, man. Let's go. Let's go through what's going through everyone's mind. I think a lot of people want to know at your guys' level, what are you guys thinking about when you're shooting? You know, well, let's talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into equipment, uh, and then we'll move on from there. But you know, it'd be really good to understand your thought process, how you prepare for the tournament. Uh, that sort of thing. So why don't I go around? We'll, we'll, we'll start off with your preparation for uh, the tournament uh, and then we'll move into shot process and then into your equipment. So Frank, why don't you start us off? You know, how did you prep uh, for this year's nationals? Um, by shooting with Demmer to find out exactly what I need to do improve on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was struggling. I was struggling. So I shot a lot. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I was struggling. My bow tune was definitely messed up, but my form was messed up too. And I think coming off of that diet and not being as strong as I I thought I was, I was leaning into my shot a lot. So I do this thing called periodization where I ramp up and then shoot a whole crap ton of arrows and then ramp down going into the tournament. And then I shot with JD and, um, you know, he's like, dude, like I lean, I can't help it. It's just the position that my body's in when I like, when I tighten my quads and my glutes. Yeah. At full draw, it's just the position I'm in, but I was leaning hard. And Temer was like, dude, you're leaning more than you've ever before. And um, I had some bow tune issues, had some crappy excess wings on there that I was going with. 50- no, wait, let me re- rephrase wait, 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 wait. I made a crappy decision of putting <laughs> 50 millimeter excess wings on. Okay. Right. And I should have had 70s on. And that's, that's kudos to Demer for like, dude, just, just put them on and trust me. So I did that and it made a world of difference. Uh, my scores immediately went up when I fixed my tune and fixed my lean. And um, what was going through my head was the first day sucked a little bit, um, but I really just did not worry about score at all. Mm-hmm. And I really concentrated on that in day two and it helped me a lot in day two. And um, And I can tell you that eliminations <clears throat> i was the calmest i was the entire weekend i felt really good and that's about it okay all right good so a little bit of confidence there in the end and a little bit of coaching from jd um joe cash money what uh talk us through how you prepped for this tournament uh so you know down here in texas we have this uh this range called buffalo field archery range and myself um, Rick Stonebreaker and another gentleman that shoots barebow, Dave Nesbitt. We, um, 
we put on a tournament about two weeks before um, the actual um, nationals. Um, and we basically did a two day um, hundred and uh, 44 arrow tournament just to, uh, you know, get an idea, get a, get a feel for the clock. Um, you know, as far as preparation goes, I think it's, it's pretty safe to say that, uh, most of your, uh, the, the tournament is basically one lost or successful, whether or not your, uh, you know, your practices go well. So we just practiced a lot and, you know, put on a couple of small tournaments and, and, you know, just drove up there and, at the point when we actually got to the tournament, I think I was completely relaxed and calm and just, you know, looking to have a good time at that point. All right. So you had a dress rehearsal before the actual tournament. Yeah. I, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, John and Frank had one too. Okay. We did. I didn't shoot though. I was judging the event. Um, but you know, John, John okay. shot actually, I think, you know, shout out to you cash money. Cause you broke, the one for one day you broke the senior world men's barebow record um and somehow i don't know exactly what happened but they it didn't get registered but you did have the record so kudos to you that was the same weekend as my tournament i think or no no it, it was, was the, the week other before weekend. the week before and then yep. jd ended up um breaking it um his own record Anyway, but and and what was that score? Just just you shot six fifty one. So, um, I think I shot a six fifty one. Then he came back and beat me on the um, double on the seventy two round. Yeah. But I still had him on the um, double round. I think I shot a twelve ninety seven, and then he yeah. just smoked me with like a thirteen twenty eight or something like that. Yeah, he was he was, was on fire. I'm not gonna lie, he was on fire. And I he actually should we have a, a long standing argument and I don't know if he's listening, if he's in the background, not he's not in the video right now. Um he uh he probably arguably could have been a point higher. I took a point away from him judging. I wouldn't give it to him because it was close. So this is what we're gonna do, Nick. <laughs> not to give you the not to give you the editing. Yeah. But I'm going to send you the pictures of the arrow, and then we're going to let our viewers decide if that arrow is in or out. That's what oh we're going to do. You're going to get so, so, many, so it's out. feedback on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a tournament coming up in um, October. So when I shoot a six or a 1329, oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's going to hurt. That's <laughs> <Shots> fired. <laughs> Better not be by one point, dude. <laughs> get roasted. Uh, <laughs> all right cool man robert um how how'd you prepare for the tournament practice um first of all i owe joe a big help a uh, big big shout out he loaned me his uh riser and uh helped me get it tuned in sold me some arrows um so i was i'm like the budget archer <laughs> i uh get what i can and shoot but it was a lot of practice i started going out there three days a week uh two and a half hours of uh, time Pulling arrows, just shooting, wasn't killing, keeping score at first, just trying to get the my shot process down. Then I started throwing some scores in, and I saw where my, um, I shot some uh, score the last summer, and shot where I saw my score just just overnight had just skyrocketed. And um, I was chasing Joe, and right before we left, I mean, I was like just a few points behind Joe, and I felt real confident about it. And then when we got to the nationals on um, day one first round i shoot a 50 i think it was a 54 
we always joked about who who gets the star this round. And I yelled over at Joe. I was like, Joe, what'd you get? He goes, a 53. I said, I get the star. Well, then I went back and looked at the between ends, and it was uh, our other buddy. Corbett was number one. I was number two, and Joe was number three after the first uh, first in. I was like, I took a snapshot of that. I was like, ah, let's screenshot that. You know, keep one of those uh, mm-hmm. mementos in my phone. So, yeah, that's awesome. But just a lot of practice, just working on form. Yeah, just show that to him anytime he gets too big for his britches. That's perfect. Uh, at, at that point, at that point, I walked over and thought about taking my bow back, but I thought, yeah, no uh, kidding. <laughs> Why would you? So you gave him your best bow, or was that one broke? Has a hairline uh, fracture in it or something? Uh, apparently, I gave him the good one. So. <laughs> nice. No, he told me. No, no, no. He told me when he he goes, I like a good challenge, and I hear that this bow, and I'm not going to put manufacturers to it. He's like, it, they say it's not a great bare bow so i'm a i'm a work with this bow out that's okay so he loaned me his cd riser and i shot really well with it yeah well, we're going to come back to equipment so um let's let's keep going here uh john dillinger um how did you prep what are you doing get ready for- you know this year i i hate to say it but this is probably the least amount of prep i've done for any outdoor nationals um i don't know i was just kind of just listening to my body, I guess, you know, I did, uh, during the whole COVID thing and everything, I've kind of done some, just some weight training. I'd, I'd lift every day and just try to, you know, to stay strong and feel strong when I do shoot. But some days I would only go up and shoot half a round. Some days I'd shoot a full round, you know, um, just kind of basically just trying to fine tune my shot and just finding, you know, finding a tune. So actually my tune, I threw together, I pulled a dimmer and uh, I threw my tune together about two days before the tournament. And uh, that's what I went with. And I think sometimes, you know, that's a, that's the best way to go. Whatever you're shooting best at the time is uh, what I do. And we really don't have many 50 meter shoots out here. I, you know, down in Salt Lake, they maybe have one or two a year, but they haven't even had any, you know, this year because mm-hmm. of the COVID thing. But I just, I usually just go up to some property and put my target out at 50 meters and just shoot by myself. And it's usually windy where I shoot. So, I mean, that kind of helps getting prepared for the wind a little bit, which we always seem to have it at target nationals. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't shoot a million arrows. I think, you know, it's, I'm kind of a believer anymore is as long as you're not working on changing anything is just trying to keep what you already have, you know? So just trying to just uh, try to keep what you have. It's, you know, you've already shot the million shots in your life, it seems like. And you just try to, you know what, you know, you know what's working and what will work. And you just kind of go with it. So, hey, so talk talk a little bit about your weight training, though. Like what specifically are you working out on to to help? I just try to keep it simple. It's really, you know, it's, it's no lower body or anything like that, but it's mostly just upper body. I try to keep it basic, you know, just like, you know, shoulders, back, chest, you know, triceps, biceps. I mean, it just, it's, I try to just keep it as basic possible. Um, some free weights, some machine weights, things like that, but I don't do, what, uh, I don't do any power lifting like Frank or anything like that. I just try to and I do, you know, it's funny. I probably look like a wuss in there. I try to keep it just fairly lightweight with, you know, really good form. And, uh, you know. No, that's, that's good. Greg doesn't do powerlifting, so let's just clear that up. <laughs> you look like you're a powerlifter, though. I've done Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit. I've never powerlifted. Just 
Cool. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyway. Thank, thanks, John. You did so, awesome, Billy. <laughs> thanks. John John Dillinger. Or, yep. or John Demmer. Sorry. Let's go. Thanks. Let's uh, let's go to John Demmer. And how did you prepare? Um, I spent a long time trying to figure out a tune that would work. I've uh, been shuffling back and forth between tunes and finally stumbled across something that worked fairly decent. That took a long hey, time. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. We got a special guest that just joined. I'm, I'm just wondering if we can get him to make a few comments. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Dude, you're, you're in the wrong podcast meeting, dude. Dude, I was supposed to be on a podcast with a bunch of good archers, and I must have taken a left turn a couple blocks back or something. <laughs> Son hey, didn't of you a... ditch us? So we got, didn't you ditch us for nationals? Zach from you did. Push. Um, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, dudes? What's up, man? Hello. Hey, look, Nicole Zern, Zach joined us. Too. I know, right? That's awesome. I know it, it. She she gets me into like these secret events a lot. Like you know, obviously she's easy on. She's a lot easier on the eyes than I am. <laughs> now, you, you you interrupted uh, JD trying to explain his uh, his his prep work. For- I th- I thought it smelled like shit in here. <laughs> it did. It was about to. I I did steal some of your antiperspirant. So maybe you- that's, <laughs> that's a nice uh, flower in the background, JD three. I like it. Is it? Mm. See if I can put it on my head. All right. so, truth be told, Matt was supposed to shoot on a target with me at Nationals, and I may or may not be holding his Nationals placard for his quiver <laughs> ransom at the moment. Um, but yeah, dude, I hope, I, I hope you cherish us. that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cherish that for for years to come. But you know, it's better than tearing an ACL or MCL or whatever the hell you did to your knee. Yep, MCL. <laughs> So dumb, man! I'm gonna have to show us. It looks like you guys had an awesome time. We did. Next, next time, Wendy. Next time, step up your Kegel game so you don't get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a family show, John. (laughs) I heard next time they're going to hold nationals on uh, Mount Washington. That would be fantastic. Not windy enough. I might might make it on that one. Um, I have do have a question, Dilly. I, I'm really enjoying that that mustache, buddy. That, that new look of yours is killer, bro. You you missed my comment earlier. Tell me he doesn't look like a 15 year younger Rich Parker right now. Let me see. Let me see. That's Dilly, a compliment. He's a handsome man. He's not popping yeah. up on my screen. Let me see. There he is. Oh, he does. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> put, it, put it in gallery view. You can see everyone. Oh, that's what Dilly doing. is easy on the eyes. Hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> you notice you notice he shot all weekend with that hat down and those dark sunglasses, and that was so that people couldn't tell what level his serving was at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, is, he looking, is he looking at the serving or not? not There's been a lot of questions about that. Yeah. And honestly, I shot all summer with those sunglasses on, and I took them off for a little while, and I could not shoot. So I put the sunglasses back on, and so I left them on, even though it was cloudy. I'm not taking them off. I thought I thought they were special Garmin Target sunglasses. They were. I, I, I want to show you guys something. Can I show you guys something real quick? So there's only one person on this world that would choose these color bowstrings to make it out of, right? So only one person made these bowstrings. 
<laughs> and I happen to have these two sets. These are JD3 bowstrings. I just want you to check something. I'm not messing around. I'm not doing anything. Look at the relationship of the serving to my eye. It's right on there. No matter what I... Now, watch. That's I, This is two for two. Watch this. This is ridiculous. I can't... Ready? Look, the second one's the same thing. No matter what I do. They're right in front of my pupils. So. It's kind of creepy that you keep all of his bowstrings, though. I'll be honest with you. I mean, just so you guys know. There's a whiteboard. There was a plan. All right? There was a plan. And I want you guys to follow along. The plan for serving gate was step number one, serving eye height. Step number two, pay off the judges. Step number three, pay off Frank, Joe, and everyone else. Step number four, divert attention to Claire. And then step number five was let Dilly win. <laughs> so, then. Seems like it worked. Uh, <laughs> That's Again, awesome. It was, uh, it was a good time, I, though. It was a good time. I hope nobody got any monetary, uh, you know, um, paying for that because all I got was like uh, fly fishing lessons. So <laughs> I feel like I got gypped. Sorry, sorry, Joe. You missed that meeting. Oh, uh, that's great. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bail out just like I did on Outdoor Nationals. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump out. Love you guys. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. You you, you, you want to mention something though about? Um, did you? Want yeah, to yeah, something? absolutely. Actually, it's it's interesting. About an hour ago, I just got off the mics with Fawn Gerard and Dwayne Martin. We have a podcast launching tonight to promote the boot camp. And the boot camp is coming up in two weeks, September 11th. Uh, there's about 65 spots taken up so far of the 75. But tonight they announced that they would take 100 if enough people wanted to join up. So check it out. It's Friday, uh, the September 11th. Uh, six o'clock is dinner. There's going to be an introduction, a little presentation. And then all day Saturday, you're teamed up with the, some of the greatest archers, uh, barebow archers and longbow archers in the country. And you're mentored. Um, you walk around 3D courses and they're just here to polish your game. This is not an entry level uh, weekend type of course. They're not going to teach you how to your stance or how to grip the bowstring. This is a masterclass to where they are taking your game and they're polishing those holes that you have in your game to take you to the next level and hopefully get you from placing seventh, eighth, and ninth to first, second, and third. Well, I'll be awesome. there. You'll, you'll be there. We'll have, we'll have some coverage of it, but you know, for anyone that's listening and I'll try and get this out uh, as, as quick as I possibly can, you know, sign up, talk to Fon Gerard, um, get on Facebook. I think you can contact her there. Uh, I want to say Instagram as well. She's under Face, Facebook is primary. Yep. Facebook is primary though. And then uh, register for that course. It's cheap hundred bucks. Come on guys, get, get it done. Man. It's ridiculous. We're not going. And if you bail on it, you know, if, if you're supposed to be an instructor and you bail on it, that's kind of, that's lame too. <laughs> not cool. Is it, man, uh, is you're, it you're getting it all JD. <laughs> I feel bad, man. <laughs> I want is it virtual? No, no you don't. Yeah, you can do it virtually too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really? So, so I can actually like you know get Dwayne Martin to carry me around in his phone. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that would be there. There, there may or may not be a one hundred percent of the funds go to the USA Archery Team online course made out of the weekend. That if you can't attend, you can purchase and donate that money. All gets donated to the USA Archery Team forever, and it's going to be a, somewhat of an online course coming out. So that may or may USA. not be. Happening. USA Archery Bearbow team and longbow and instinctive class. I and like it. 
Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Just want to make sure that my money's going to the right place. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. The whole team. Thanks the whole so crazy lot of you. Really appreciate it coming on, Matt. And thanks. Okay. For, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Frank, Matt. for setting that up. That's no fun. No problem, man. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Thank you, thanks, you. Matt. <laughs> See you, man. All right. Now that we've been de- derailed. No, we're good. We're good. I mean, I was, I'm glad you got on there. And sorry, JD, we kind of set you up on that. To kind of, uh, <laughs> but hey, uh, why don't you tell us about your prep work? Oh, so yeah, uh, this year was a little bit of a struggle for me trying to figure out uh, a tune. So I ended up spending way too much time on figuring out what worked and what didn't work. Um, but I still put in the volume of arrows, still build up the tournament strength, shot a lot of arrows. Um, you know, try to shoot, try to shoot a lot of nine to 12 arrow ends. So when it comes down to tourney time that I was pretty strong throughout, didn't really fade at the end. Everything was pretty consistent. That worked out. Um, I was pretty much, I was pretty much did, did a lot of, just did a lot of training. Um, unfortunately, most of it was tuning, but you know, you were, that kind of squared away at the end. You you were, did, did you go on a diet the same one as Frank or something like that too? Or did you do some sort uh, of? A little bit later, a little bit later, but yeah. yeah a little later. Okay. Yeah, a little later. So yeah, yeah, was, you got close though. You you almost cut it too close to. I'm with Dilly, no no diet. Yeah. Right, no diet. right before. Cause <laughs> I remember getting a message and he was like, hey man, are you when you start cutting a lot, like you, you get kind of weak and shaky. And I was like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to shoot like a lot of arrows. You get 30, 45 arrows and you're like, Ugh. yeah, I couldn't in the mornings. I couldn't practice. It was just, it was too bad. It was shaking like crazy and no strength. Uh, I got very panicky. So mm-hmm. I had to wait till the afternoons to, to do any shooting. And just to elaborate why that, that is, is because we were doing an intermittent fasting. So you don't eat from 8 PM until 12 PM the next day. So you go that full time without any food and it does affect you. And, you know, and maybe in some small way, it's a relationship to how you feed your body in relationship to a tournament. You know, if you don't eat or if you don't take food or whatever, definitely could have an effect on you, but you know, so, but anyway, so but it does Go ahead, Joe. It, it does work for for losing weight, though. Oh you, yeah, you guys are. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You guys look great. Um, just just outside influences. No, you do. You, you guys you look fantastic. No. <laughs> um, outside influences. So this is a major uh, U.S. event, obviously. <clears throat> um, did do you guys get camera shy at all, or does anyone here was anyone panicking over the cameras at all, Robert? No. Well. My panic was on day two, I'm standing there and I've got Dilly next to me and I see Dillinger on the other side. And I'm like, how did I get this high on the list? So that was my panic. Uh, those first two rounds, day two, I was like shaking. I'm like, what is going on? But um, I settled in and, you know, shot strong. But no, the camera didn't bother. It was funny. He, he was right next to me, but he was taking pictures of Dillinger and, and uh, Dimmer right behind me. I'm like, he's, he's not even, he doesn't even know who I am. Hey, I'm good. <laughs> So you guys like to slip under the radar there. Hey, but Joe, how about you? Any, any kind of. No, not, not really. I mean, you, you, you know, they're there, but you know, it's, it happens. How about you standing on the line it. next, how about standing on the line next to the two Johns though? That's, that's pressure. Um, I've known both of them for, for, you know, a good amount of time. So I, I, 
I'm pretty pretty used to them. Um, we have some some pretty funny conversations on the line. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's okay. So you guys know each other. And Frank, how how about you? You you love the camera though. <laughs> Sorry, the camera loves you. The camera loves you. Uh, I would say that I, back shooting in Lancaster uh, at the Classic, I definitely had a little bit of jitters. That's a lot of that has changed because my thought process has changed and I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't think about, I don't think about anything else that's going on around me. I don't pay attention to anything else. Um, I don't even think about my score. And that came through at outdoor nationals for me. Like I had definitely had a, a, a light bulb moment at nationals this year. So I'm going to ride that wave as long as I can on the mental side. Let's talk a little bit more about that. And I've, Sorry, the Johns, you guys get cameras in your face all the time. I'm just going to assume that you're good with them. <laughs> or does it still make you a little bit nervous? You know, I have uh, to point out, the only reason why I even get my picture taken is because you're usually taking it up dimmer. And you would see, like, my quiver. I'm like, hey, that's my quiver. Or my, my leg or or my back or something like that. So it's usually, it's usually pictures of dimmer, and I just happen to be standing next to him or shooting next to him. Well, uh, last year at ASA, um cam was starting to cover a lot of the asas and, and got the contract for covering them they did a lot of camera work on us the one day uh and they would shoot from like kind of in front of us while we're shooting across so if you get used to that camera angle and and you hear the click 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 and you get used to that uh, any other camera is just like no big deal at all yeah. you just kind of have to i think you just have to zone it out i mean i don't know i'm just able to like most of the time, I'm able just to zone it out anymore, you know. But that's kind of it doesn't really I, bother me that much. That's kind of what I want to get into next. I want to talk about shot process and how you focus and how you get that laser focus and, and, and how you execute under pressure, right? So I think everyone would love to know. Everyone would love to steal how you guys do that. So I'm assuming it's probably different, uh, you know, all the way up the board here. So why don't we start, you know, John Dillinger, why don't you go ahead with your shot process? You don't mind? Uh, as far as shot process, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like, how do you, okay. I set my feet, I get my mind yeah. mentally focused. I, I grab the string, uh, then I release execute. Yeah. That's it. Um, I, I, well, I, you know, I have a series of steps and if I, if I miss a step, I'll basically, I'll start over. And if I don't, I'm usually in trouble. I get crossed up or something like that. But, um, is it a secret usually for, is it a secret, huh? you don't want to, you know, is it a secret sauce it's, magic that you don't want to give up? Um, no, I mean, these guys will say it's the head Bob, <laughs> um, but I don't even know why I do that. You know, it's kind of, when you see that at that point, I'm, my grip is good. My bow arm's good. My bow shoulder's good. I'm kind of gone through all my final checks and I'm in my back and everything's feeling really solid. And then I just kind of settle my head in and then the, the shot just goes off and it's not, I mean, it's kind of intentional, but it's not really intentional. You know what I mean? For the most of the time, I know when it's going to go off. You know, it's it's and it's it's I don't know. It's I do have a series of steps. You know, um, I'm not making. I'm kind of kind of sounding confusing, but no, I, I'll kind of very first thing I'll do is I'll set my grip. And then I'll, I'll raise up my bow arm. I'll make sure my bow shoulder is in the proper position. 
And once I get back, I'll recheck my grip once I get almost to like full draw. And once my grip is done, I'll kind of settle into my face. And then at that point, I'll start actually getting into my back and I'll, I'm actually able to start feeling if I'm in my back and if I have good alignment. I don't check string blur. I don't do any of that. I think all that stuff kind of just happens subconscious after shooting a, a while. You know, I'll check it every once in a while if something's not going right or something like that. But once I get in my back and I just get relaxed and settled in, it just it just happens. And then I just try to focus once the shot's going off. I try to focus on basically bow arm. And another thing I have to watch is if I feel like I'm pulling straight back. I feel like um, like my draw shoulder tends to get too high sometimes and or too low so i kind of have to watch that and that'll cause me to have high low shots mm -hmm. um but it's usually my high low shots are usually on the back end it's not really finger pressure i think it's just i'm getting into my back but i'm just not in the exact right position um but typically my misses are my dropping my bow arm or um i will get crossed up if i don't get in my back good enough meaning it'll be low left is usually my miss um but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much i try to keep it as simple as possible i don't have like a a, a certain draw that you know that some people follow or a certain coach or anything like that it's just kind of stuff i've picked up by watching and talking to dimmer a lot over the years and some of these other shooters rick and ben and, and things like that so yeah. so self-taught yeah no it's yeah good. pretty much um jd it's not pretty yeah, it looks, it's a winning, it's winning. So it, it's working, right? It's working, yeah. it's working. Um, JD, uh, tell us your shot process. Okay, yep. I'm going to- yep. He's got his microphone turned off. I'm going to turn, <laughs> turn it <laughs> so You're on mute. My, uh, Demer, you're on mute. And then I turn my bow upside down and I- Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're going to get him a shirt that says muted. <laughs> and um, um, he, he's tying I'll, flies. He's tying flies. I'm trying to. I'm seeing what I got around here. Uh, <laughs> if we're born, we can call you back later. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that like just kind of pays attention and and has to fiddle with other stuff. It's it's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm fiddling. Um, so my my shot process has been pretty much the same for like the last 15 years. Um, it's pretty basic, pretty simple, and just kind of just got to stick with it. And it's basic, you know, foot placement, you know, grip the bow or grip the, my hand on the grip, put some pressure, figure, or, you know, let me start over again. So just set up, you know, just set your feet, kind of dig into the grip a little bit, find my crawl, go down to my crawl, put, put a little bit of pressure on that, then kind of seat my grip a little bit more. Pull back, you know, feel uh, feel the anchor, find the anchor. Um, usually that's almost instant. And feel the bull shoulder. That usually feels pretty good right off the bat. And then just feel the back a little bit and then transfer to aim. And aim is just um, pretty much just a simple pause. Like I, I kind of, if you're talking to somebody and you're kind of, or someone's talking to you and you're kind of staring into space and you're kind of zoning out and, you're kind of listening, but you're not. That's pretty much what my aim is, um, especially when I'm trying to load up everything and make sure everything feels good. 
And then when I transfer to the aiming side, boom, like I'm, I'm like back to focus, focusing on the target, the arrow secondary, um, by keeping the arrow secondary and not primary, I tend to keep, um, my jitters down. I, I get less anxious. Um, usually, usually my pluck misses are when I'm kind of transferring to the point a little too much and focus on the point too much because then I'm trying to catch the arrow coming off the bow. And that's usually a no, uh, something that's usually not very good. So, um, so that's pretty much my process is focus on the target. And then when it feels good, just let her rip, you know, there's no, um, there's no trigger. There's nothing that activates it. It just kind of just goes when it's there and you trust it. It just goes. Awesome. So when you get that sight picture, you, you just release. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But it's not sight picture. So there is a pause in there. Like, yeah, uh, I'll get the site. I'll get the sight picture. And then I don't, like I said, I don't um, stare at the arrow hardcore. So it's kind of like a very blurry arrow, yeah. but um, I don't know if this is going to be on video or not, but uh Let's pretend it is. <laughs> so you got your target here and here's my arrow. But, you know, if this is going to be so out of focus, but you can still see it in your peripheral while you're trying to focus on that target. And then I just get it into that zone in there somewhere yeah. and then just focus on target and then just trust it. Because no matter what you do, that arrow is going to float. Um, unless I'm having an extremely awesome aiming day, um, it doesn't move or it doesn't appear to move. But um, usually it just moves just a little bit and, and you can easily get caught up in getting flinchy by just focusing on that tip and trying to get it to fire when it's perfect. Um, and I usually tend to make a lot more mistakes when I try to do that. So I try to stay away from that. Interesting. All right. Really cool. Um, Robert, how about you? What's your shot process? Well, pretty much is what they both described. I um, set my grip with a little pressure on the string, check my crawl. Uh, come up and uh, because I was practicing so much the anchor was just simple it just went right to the anchor every time and um, now I pro I think I focused a little bit more on the arrow tip more than what John was talking about and so you know you get that floating in there but once it kind of hit the spot I was able to just let go of all and my biggest problem was release I would sometimes pluck it and I could tell because it would it would fly left to the seven and i'm like you know i could tell right off the right off the release i knew where it was going but when i practiced when i really concentrated on the release that actually helped me more of hitting the middle with my arrows awesome awesome thanks Rob. uh joe how about you anything different to add? Um, anything to add yeah so you know i pretty much do i i pick stonebreaker's brain a lot um i watch a lot of people i i, I like watching funny enough i like watching um uh uh, what is it? Uh, Kang, um, Che Young oh. on, uh, on YouTube. I, I really, I, I, I love her shot process and I, I really do watch a lot of her technique and I'm, I'm really impressed with it. Um, so, um, between that and listening to, you know, the Johns and, and Stonebreaker, I, it really, it helps. So I, I listen to a lot of it and I take a lot of feedback and I, I try to, you know, incorporate it into my shot and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I pretty much agree with Demer the way that he, uh, the, the way that he, um, described his aiming process. And I agree, you know, and, and Frank's Frank's spot on with, with how he described it. Um, it's one of those things where you have to let it all go. Um, set yourself up into, uh, you know, the, the common or not Frank, I'm sorry, Dillinger. Sorry. Yeah. 
um, and basically just, you know, set it up the way that you normally do it, make sure everything feels right and let it go. That's awesome. Um, how about you, Frank, uh, Dillinger, Madonna? Yeah. You know, we look alike. I know <laughs> it's the mustaches. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've described my shot process quite a few times, no, throughout, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one thing. And I've mentioned this to, to Demmer. I had, like I said about being calm or being the calmest I've ever been in a tournament. I, I finally, I think I understood two things. Um, we all talked about it, I think at the house, but we, I've talked to Demmer about it quite a few times about having sort of two shots because the wind was very, uh, what's the word we, we what do we say? Demmer annoying. The wind was sort of annoying, annoying. Yeah. Cause it just wasn't consistent. It was fast. It was slow. It was in your face. It was side to side. And I really tried to implement that day too and shooting a stronger shot when the wind was heavier and tried to let my float happen, which is probably closer to like my shot on an indoor target shooting 40 centimeters on an eight or 18 meters. Um, but the other thing that I, that was sort of like a light bulb moment at nationals was I've gotten better at letting the float happen and just letting, enjoying the aim and letting the arrow go wherever the hell the arrow wants to go. But what I noticed I was still doing, even though I was looking at the target, I was still out of my peripheral. I was paying too much attention to the tip of the arrow. Mm. And when I would literally like, maybe it was just for a split second, but deliberately ignore the tip of the arrow and pretend I'm staring a hole through the middle of the X, all of a sudden, like the herky jerky, you know, all that other stuff just went away. It literally just went away. The flow would happen, and then I can concentrate on the feel of 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 that that calmness, that moment of calmness that happens. And if any you guys all know, and I mean I've said it a million times, I I work on my release religiously. If I can't work on something, if I don't have time, I work on my release because my my bad release saves my ass sometimes on a, on a crappy aim or a or a, a bad bow arm shot, and you know just like to have like a fallback and then my release is my fallback. I try to be as smooth and consistent as possible on my release. That's I'm jealous. Yeah. You guys are, all <laughs> I have a terrible release and I know it and I work <laughs> yeah. on it constantly. I, you, you, I, I sent you that picture on purpose. That one picture you where you're like, you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, that's like a what just happened <laughs> you look you look like dilly after after lifted weights like hey can you give me directions to target number 69 oh, i struggle with my release so much my yeah i think i need to work on hand-eye coordination <laughs> it's it's yeah. tough it's tough it is tough get, and bare if, bow if Joe can get his release down, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely his biggest uh, crutch or crux. Um, if he can ever get that down, words words are hard. Definitely, <laughs> words English is very difficult. Um, I don't. I don't yeah, range so it, good. We <laughs> speak no well. Um, but no, if if Joe could get his release down, dude, he'd be like killer. As he ties the, floor, he, w- his, his he would be mm-hmm. absolutely killer. Um, advice while we tie flies from JD three. 
<laughs> Yo, what I, the one thing I have found with a lot of the shooters that I work with is that when they're when they those these do happen, mm-hmm. it's it's an alignment issue more than not because you and I think if I remember correctly, you kind of have like a high elbow. Yes, and and you'll see. So if you can tweak that alignment so that you're able to get down into here, it actually allows you to hold into the back more. And you'll find that then the elbow doesn't have to continue that rotation. And then on the bad shots, you know, you're going to automatically default to wherever that has to go to. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what everybody's got. Everybody's built different biomechanically. We're all different. So you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to get into the same line that I get into or John gets into or whatever. But I mean, if you can, if you could do that, dude, you're, you're going to knock it out of the park. As long as you can keep shooting. You, no, you're, you're absolutely you right. Robert, you and Robert, man, you guys both shot freaking awesome. Especially day one. You guys hammered it. I mean, it was, it was pretty, cause I'm like, who's this dude? I never, I mean, I heard of you, Joe, obviously, but even I'm like, man, I never heard of him before. I'm looking at the score. I'm like, that dude is smoking. Um, but it's yeah, cool. it, awesome seeing new faces and new names. It was it was really impressive to see how fast Robert picked it up, and he jumped right to the right to the front of the pack. Um, we have we have a pretty pretty hefty uh, you know barebow community um, down yeah. in Houston, and I mean he jumped right up there, so it was it was really great to see. So thank you. This is, You're very this welcome, man. And you were a great opponent too. It was great shooting next to you. It was, we had a good time. Well, day day three kind of threw me off though. I was expecting to get the buy rounds to warm up a little bit, and all of a sudden they cut it, and I was like, "Oh no!" Because <laughs> I, I I take oh, a few extra yeah. arrows to get warmed up, and next thing I know, I'm, I'm having to jump from target to target, and I was that threw me off again. And I was like, "We we'd actually had done a practice um, shoot up uh, a couple weeks before, and I was calm and cool and collected and hitting it, and that day I just was off, and I'm like, ah." The stinks. I forgot to mention that. I don't think any of us did. So right before we were going into eliminations, we were originally supposed to have everyone shoot. And then the weather, I mean, the weather was horrible. It was raining, blowing, wind, everything, everything in the kitchen sink. And um, right beforehand, they, uh, they cut the field to only the top eight and there was shooters on the field waiting to shoot. Like it was literally 10 minutes before there was definitely some not so happy faces, but you know, it is what it is. We don't have to, we're not stressed with running the tournament. So it, it is what it is, but yeah, man, I definitely played a role in, I think all of us in some, some ways it was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, your, your calm, cool, collective thought processes. And I'm there little squirrel in the in the trying to get a nut i'm like holy crap what am i doing so, yeah that's, that's i, I like will a, say this much the 50 cent song <laughs> <laughs> i will say this much though we did put on a great show for all the people that showed up so it was a good time best we could do hey you guys did mm-hmm. fantastic hey, this is turning into a little bit of a kumbaya i you know i thought you guys would be at each other's throats there's a lot more com- competition <laughs> between the men the women you know if you listen to that podcast that was know that there was a big love fest there it was great but uh, i thought you guys were competitors but it sounds like you're just trying to help each other out is that is that the case if you, you, you guys do help. did not want to 
not have a John in the top two, you're freaking <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I wanted nothing more than to beat Dilly. Unfortunately, he kicked my ass <laughs> six to nothing. D- Dilly, Dilly kind of got. Dilly got really lucky through his matches. Uh-huh. I had some good I got I got I got to tell you. Yeah. He got super super lucky. They like my matches were no. were epic. No. So I had some my, tough matches. No, no, that young kid four. Daniel my, was chasing my, him hard. My first match I shot like a 29 26 28 28 28. So I had to go five sets against uh Daniel. <laughs> yeah, Daniel was smoking that day. He was on. He lit that up. No doubt. Then I, then I shoot against Joe and shoot a 29 26 28 and I'm and we're tied 3-3. And if Dilly faced any of those two guys in the first two rounds, gone. He was gone. He would have been a has been. Nobody would even be talking to him. We wouldn't even have him on this podcast. <laughs> he would have went home and shaved his mustache in shame. It was good. You know, eliminations are like, they're good and bad. You know, I think me and Dimmer's talked about this quite a bit. He hates them sometimes. I hate them sometimes, but it's it's good. It's a different kind of shooting. I'm not a good qualifier. I mean, this, you know, Says a man who wasn't qualifying that far scores aren't that good, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I find a way usually in elimination matches to, to work my way through, and I don't know how, but um, it is elimination matches. I mean, you're kind of just running on autopilot. You know what I mean? You don't even really have time to think because things are happening so quick. You're jumping from one target to another and you're just, here we go. So you just kind of basically just running on autopilot, I think. Yeah. Well, what's your thoughts, John? Uh, it's, it's survival mode. It's, yeah. um, it's tough. It's kind of a crap shoot and you try not to get caught up on how your how your opponent's shooting. Um, cause it, it, cause it can get to your head pretty quick. You know, if you're paying attention and your, your opponent shoots at 10, now you're kind of like freaking out a little bit. So you kind of just got to stick to your own game and, and trust your own game. And, and the cards are going to play the, the way they are. I mean, statistically it, if you're the number one seed, statistically, you're not going to win, you know, the percentage you should win. Or if you're the number four seed, you're, there's a good chance that you might move up. So it's, it, it is what it is. You know the odds going in, so you kind of just uh, shoot your best and, and let it play out the way it's going to play out. There's nothing you can do to control your your opponent. The only thing you can do is control you. Yeah, I, I will say um, when I shot against Frank, I think we were both really relaxed. Um, we were having a really great conversation when we weren't shooting um, in between ends. Um, you know that was that was great. When I was shooting against uh, JD three, um, I had a it was a lot more tense. Because I knew um, what he's capable of, um, so it, it seemed like so, it mattered more, and I don't think I shot as well. So you didn't worry about Frank at all, because you know how terrible of a shooter he is. Is that what you're saying? No, not at all. It was just a, it was just you know it was a it was a good uh, it was a really good match, and you know both of us were having a good time. <laughs> you really are evil. Yeah, he is. He is. That's because he knows he knows his days are numbered. You're on notice, John. Listen, he doesn't need to worry about me. He needs to worry about Daniel Collins. That's what he needs to worry about. That kid and Hugo Lob. A couple of these other young bucks that are coming because 
Listen, I'm a, I, my my day is definitely coming to an end, and then I'll be chasing all the geriatric butts. <laughs> hey, yeah. I only have I a think, couple of years. I'm I ready to next year. I was gonna say, didn't you touch on that, Dylan? <laughs> were you like, you were like, oh, good. I I get to shoot against Stonebreaker next. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with him because he is tough. <laughs> I'm not worried about Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were they were fun matches for sure, and and we weren't, you know, it, we were just having a good time. I mean, but shooting against the Dillinger, you say what you want, Demmer, but our matches were relatively close. You just because yeah, you guys both sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Because because we respect each other. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. It, admittedly, Denver, you definitely pulled the the rough card on those two matches. Sure. There's no question. We were all kind of watching Daniel. Be honest. That's why we were distracted because we we were just like the kid was just fire. He, he, he was killing it. Young, you get those young shooters that are just absolute piss and vinegar. Fearless. They're they're just dangerous. They're dangerous at any time. As long as you yeah. can harness that in, man, his future is bright. Well, that's the that's the one thing that's, that goes with the matches. There's always going to be an upset somewhere. You never know where it's going to come from. Um, there was times where I've I faced uh, Jared Neal in, in Lancaster, who is the bottom seed that made it into the shootoffs in that first match. You just don't know what's going to happen, even. Even the lower seeds can just like sneak up on you and surprise you. Jared almost took me out the first uh, the first match the one year, and and he would have beat every other person in in the in the, the first round. So you never know. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to see who who shows the play and, and you know who kind of who kind of buckles a little bit because it it usually kind of dives into a little bit about who they are. And uh, I said Daniel's going to be a tough. I had. Daniel Schill in my first round at Lancaster, and I think Dimmer even walked over and noticed this, but he was killing it. He was shooting like 28s and 29s, and I was like, holy cow. So, <laughs> yeah, so these, some of these kids can really shoot. So if they can yeah. just keep it together, you know, just work on their consistency a little bit. But There yeah, was a lot of us pulling. There a lot of really good shooters out there. There was a lot of us pulling for Daniel that year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cold. I bet fired. Check who, who made Daniel's strings. That's what I'm. You know, you, you robbed me on that, John. You know, you you took that away from me because I was going to beat you fair and square, and you had to go and shoot the other target. You, shot, you had to shoot gave, the wrong target. And, I gave you uh, seven you bonus points. Me. I remember that. <laughs> that was, that was a head start, Dilly. That was I was a good actually class. mad when he did that because I was kicking his butt. So that was his way out. Oh, oh target panic. That was, a, that was a classic example of what I said, mentioned earlier about got too caught up in looking at the arrow point and not, the, not paying attention to the gold. Yeah. Mick, we're, we're all friends here, but when it comes to shooting against one another, I want to kill that guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to embarrass him. He wants to steal my wife and steal my TV. 
that's, a, that's a Ricky Bobby reference for all those yeah. that didn't know. <laughs> it it is true though. When it, when it comes to competition, we are we we are pretty fierce. Yeah, because I mean the small things. My biggest thing was I wanted to beat Rick Stonebreaker, and I at one point I was like, okay, I couldn't catch Dillinger. And I, I thought my pro- process was stay in front of Joe. Then I shot a seven. I'm like, well, that's the wrong thought process. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I got to beat Rick. I didn't even know where Rick was, but that, that drove me to the end. As long as I, it was a small thing. It had to beat Rick. He was on a totally different division. Yeah. Oh, I know. But score wise. Massive. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, pe- a lot of people beat Rick that weekend. It's just not in the master class. <laughs> 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 uh, he shot he shot good he shot pretty good that uh we, we were kind of lucky this year even with covid that we had so many people signed up i think we yeah. were we were it's still into the 20s i it's kind of a, a little bit of a shame because i think we probably could have clicked into the 30s at, uh this past year which would have been definitely unprecedented yeah i think i think we would have set a we would have set a new record for uh bearboat turnout COVID it had COVID not happened. Yeah. And that, w- that would have been pretty cool to see, but you know, Baraboo yeah. as a sport, obviously you guys have invested a lot in Baraboo as a sport, your sport. Um, do you think the world is, is investing? Is it, is it growing? Is it going to continue to grow? You know, what's your thoughts? How do we, how do we keep it growing? I mean, obviously everyone on this podcast loves Baraboo. We'll do anything for it, but how do we keep it growing? What, what are the things we need to do better? I mean, JD, you've been like the representative of us for 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 years now, right? And we just got to keep it in people's uh, in people's vision. We can't, you know, we can't let people forget about us. So we kind of, you know, try to lift up each other all at at, at every moment we can. Um, try to highlight, you know, people's accomplishments and yeah, and just try to keep the try to keep that narrative going of like positivity. Um, always keep it in, in back of people's minds so they can't forget about us. Yeah, we're the fun group, right? That's another keep it fun, keep it fun. Yep. You know, I know you guys are kind of mock going at each other. I know, I know that I know that you do, you're very competitive. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying you're not competitive and I'm not saying you want to kill each other, but you have fun doing it because right? there's no animosity, I don't think, right? Like, well, sure, oh, I don't know, say you that. Might... <laughs> You might find Demmer floating down the Lackawanna River later on this 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 year, but you know we'll see. We'll see, Joe. Joe, that <laughs> that that Venmo is on its way. Just so ah. you know. um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what we need to. One of the things we need to continue to do, and that's the kids. We got to keep keep showing support for and recruiting more than anything else. Kids into the sport because you look at. And we talk about Daniel and, and um, uh, like Hugo and some of the other youngsters that are like teenagers, but I'm going to give some positive vibes toward Demmer because I don't know if you guys saw one of the, the young people that um, are on my team did a, a project for school and it's like an introductory thing and it says, meet my hero. And I'm going to show you this picture, but that is a young lady that was on the um, the kids podcast, Ashley Wamsley. She's only like nine years old, but she put a picture of her, her brother, and John on this "Meet My Hero" thing, and you know described what 
what his basically that he she's John Demmer is a famous shooter. He holds a lot of um, national records and world records to, to me and my brother. He's also my hero, but, and he holds national records too. I admire them both. Plus John is a super nice guy. She's not. And yeah, you say what you say that, but she's only nine years old. She loves bear bell, like competitive bear bell. Yeah. That's, that's what we need. I'm not, I, I could care less about what I do in the sport as a competitor, but if these kids in 10 years are kicking all of our asses and all of the, our, all the records that are out there by, by John and, and whoever else are gone and these kids, that's great. That's what, that's what the goal, that's the long-term goal. And she's got that. You, uh, I don't know who captured that photo of her just like absolutely flexing after a, like an yeah. awesome shot. That's like the Barebo picture the quintessential bareboat picture, especially for young kids. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, kids, I think in general are the future. Um, I, I tend to, uh, you, you know, really support kids no matter what they shoot, whether they shoot compound, whether they shoot Olympic recurve, I support them just because eventually, you know, they may come to bareboat, they may not. But the truth is, is that, you know, as a whole, it's archery. Yeah, it's it's important. It's it's important to me, anyways. Um, I, I don't really care what discipline you shoot. I just think that you know, it, it's something that we need to uh, to grow and to to really show people that you know it's 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 important. So for me, it's not just barebow. Um, it's I mean, it's everything. I mean, there's a there's a decline in hunting. We know that. Um, and then getting, yeah, pick up a bow. But I, I want to talk about something controversial uh, a little bit, and maybe this will make it. Okay, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, sure, go. Um, talking about growing the sport, I think I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, they, you know, it's I spend time with the the 4-H kids. We're doing like a a clinic, and I think in November we're doing that for them. But also, I think it's getting manufacturers on board that's and what, helping with payouts because really we do this for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the pounders and the, you know, the, uh, the Olympic recurvers, they usually get a big check at the end or something like that. And we just get like a, you know, a medal. And really that's, you know, we, we do it for the love of the sport, but just getting some of these manufacturers on board and just seeing how many actual bareboe or shooters there are out there. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, you don't want to get money involved. You don't want to say you want to get money involved, but it does help out and it gives a little bit more incentive and it helps with travel and, and things like that. So, I mean, I know well, that I, and it, it definitely gets the companies more invested uh, yes. in that class. So that's it legit, legitimizes the sport a little bit more. Yeah. Know, like the class of variable. Exactly where I was going to go and sort of that controversial, Hey, you know, we, we have to start paying our athletes more uh, for these payouts because that's how you get the talent, right? I mean, it's it's a, one thing to say, yeah, we got to get the kids involved. But when they say, you know, we, Frank and I did this uh, podcast with the kids, you know, there's there's a lot of good scholarships, even for barebow now. I mean, that that's important. And how many people know that, right? So you got to get those scholarships involved, get them going. But then after that, they have a choice and they got talent in, in archery. They pick up a compound bow. They know that they're going to be making 10000 on a tournament or they can pick up a barebow and get $0. Um, I think that I know what they're going to do, right? And that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is right now. And that's why I'm saying it's a little controversial, but we need to get those sponsors on board. We need to get people on board. Um, and so, and, and there's, it, I mean, it, it's a few bucks here. It's a few bucks there for, for manufacturers, but to get you guys, you top level guys continuing to shoot and making bare great. We have to, 
have to start seeing a little bit better uh, payouts, I think. And I know you guys kind of feel that way too. And I and probably don't want to, I mean, John, you, you mentioned a little bit, but you don't want to harp on it, but I think that that's one of the things we have to do. And, and maybe there's some unconventional ways that we can look at that. I, I think I'm, I'm starting to look at a few ways that we can help support and sponsor uh, Barebow too. So, um, you know, more to follow on that, but anyway, okay. So let's get off of that. Um, last thing, um, everyone dies to know this. Everyone loves to know and that that's a listener. You know, what's the equipment that you guys are using to become champions, right? So let just go around quick. Give us your, give us your rundown and your equipment. Um, and then I, we'll have a little bit of follow up and then, uh, we'll, we'll let you guys go anyway. So why don't we start with you, Robert? You've been quiet for a bit. Well, I, I honestly, I don't know all my equipment. You know, I, I don't have a sponsor, so, you know, uh, no, but I, I do shoot a CD riser. Um, I borrowed it from Joe cash there, cash money. And uh, it's a really nice riser. It's solid. I like the weight of it. I was trying to, I tried to bows and riser, but it just didn't, the CD was so much more solid on my hand. Um, I shoot the Yoast tab. I got some, uh, what kind of arrows do I shoot, Joe? Straight ones. Uh, Dillinger arrows. <laughs> hey, I got John. them because Dillinger shot them and they, <laughs> they work well. Oh, the VAPs. Uh, the 3D, 3D, yeah, the victory. I, 3D, 3D HVs. 3D HVs. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, that's about, about my equipment run there. John there. Dillinger signature arrows. Those are good arrows. <laughs> they work great. They work great. <laughs> they're, they're the best Walmart has to offer. Uh, oh, there we go. See this? <laughs> no, they, this is where it gets. Uh, hey, yeah, Walmart is. I, not I a will say, yet. Walmart is not a sponsor yet. Right. <laughs> they are light and yeah. fast, and they fly great. I. They're good Bullet arrows. Holes. They are. Yeah, holes. They're good arrows. Awesome. Uh, Frank. Apparently, they're good enough to beat Demmer. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> 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 Robert's Robert's in the same stage with. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mick! Just imagine if I shot good arrows. Oh, I know. No, I, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, Frank, what are you shooting? What do you, what's what's your gear? What's your rig? Same thing as always. I shoot the the twenty seven inch G one G uh, Lo, which was a uh, a John Demmer special from years ago. I don't know which color it was that he shot in one of the billion videos out there, but it's probably one of those. And um, I have forty pound Trad Tech. Um, limbs and John Demmer string and a butter plunger and a ZT rest. And of course the one and only Yoast tab with VAP ones as well. And excess wings. How much weight are you, 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 you holding? Uh, I think I cranked it up a bit. I think I'm right at 40 actually right now. I was at 38. I might be at 40 now. Or 50. Okay. Hey, Robert, sorry, I didn't get that from you. What, how much weight are you holding? It's uh, a 36-pound limb, but with my long draw length, it's uh, 44 on the fingers. Cool. Hey, thanks. Uh, Joe, how about you? Give us your rundown. Uh, I'm shooting a uh, Hoyt uh, Formula X riser at the moment. Um, 
38 pound, 36 pound limbs, 40 on my fingers. Um, using a Gabriel Bydrop, um, Yost tab. And I, this season for outdoors, uh, shot the, uh, cross X Plurima limbs or arrows. So would you say your limbs were, uh, Velos. Okay. Very cool. JD three. What do you got? Uh, depending on the day. Um, I got the 20, <laughs> I got a, I got a 27 inch exceed I'm playing around with. Um, I, I might shoot the, uh, the XI. Um, both of them have Velos limbs. Um, sometimes I run the Yost weight. Sometimes I'm trying, uh, the Hoyt, um, the Hoyt Barebow weight. Um, if I'm running the, uh, the Yost weights, I got a big brass and a little brass on the, uh, exceeds. Mm-hmm. And for the XI, I just run a, a really big, um, stainless steel disc. Uh, it's probably like two and a half pounds on the disc. Okay. So both setups are pushing right around six and three quarter pounds. Um, I'm shooting 42 on the fingers, shooting 650 spine nano pro extremes with 110 grain points, running a sniper arrow rest, running a biter plunger and a Yoast tab. Very cool. Very cool. And vortex optics. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the day it's a good problem to have <laughs> true story true story <laughs> what do you got uh the 25 inch exceed um the weight is like a prototype with hoyt um so it's it's kind of interesting and then the extra long velos which is another kind of a a thing we're playing around with um, so my bow was like 6.6 pounds, something like that. I think I was pulling 38 and a half pounds and I was, the rest is a Spigarelli map. So, that, but I had it locked out so it wouldn't drop. And then Whiffler MP, MP1 plunger, magnetic plunger. And then the arrows are, they were 500 spine bats, almost full length with 140s up front. And so it's pretty heavy arrow. So I think I was around 330 grains, something like that. Normally I shoot a lighter arrow, but this year it just seemed seemed to work pretty good. And just some veins I had on there from like two years ago, honestly. Um, but yeah, nothing special with the arrow. Baps are great for the money. So yeah. Hey, do you mind if I ask you about your plunger real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, guys. This is just a personal thing. Um, no. It's fine. We can give give a shout out to Alex Whiffler. He's yeah. trying to develop a um a recurve plunger and I know he's gotten feedback from Dilly and from Demmer and you know, kudos to him for for being um an entrepreneur in the sport. But he's trying to make some changes, right? When you guys talk about it. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about, getting manufacturers on board. I mean, he's kind of helping the sport Barabo now too, as well as the, the recurve side of it. So yeah, I'm really I'm really liking the rest. Um, I just kind of put it on after indoor season when it's kind of playing around with it. I've shot magnetics in the past, so I kind of had something to compare it to. I, I shot the arc, um, which is a magnetic, I think it's out of France, but yeah, I mean, I think going to something like string walking where we have to, you know, crawl different, different crawls or even indoors or something like that, we need something a little bit more adjustable, but yeah, it's, it's a great rest. So uh, plunger. I mean plunger, yeah, sorry. Uh, he don't even know. 
Why, why do we even have them here? You know, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. <laughs> Guys, that's all the questions I really have. You've been great, but I, I want to leave it open now and, and just, you know, go back to Frank and, and, and JD3, you know, or the co-hosts here. So if you guys have questions, I mean, now's a good time to well, shout out to everyone, but uh, that's all I had. And thanks for, uh, you know, sticking with me. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think we covered everything. I will say that for those of you that are um, paying attention to what Hoyt's doing and once those 27 inch risers come out with the XLMs, if you can get a chance to shoot one, shoot it. I had the uh, shout out to Scott Eisman from Archery 360 for letting us practice at his place. I guess on Thursday, they canceled all the practice and shut everything down because of lightning. And we had already planned on going there, but we went over and I got to shoot it, to shoot John's bow, uh, Demers bow while we were there. And I'll tell you what, that thing was nice. I am not a sponsored shooter and I don't care. <laughs> that, that shit shot good. And so you guys keep an eye out for that and, um, you know, be ready when it hits the market. 330 grain arrows who are practically caber tossing. No wonder why you beat the wind. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was, I don't know what it is, but this combination normally, I, I have a problem getting point on at that weight. And I don't know these extra long limbs with the exceed. It was, I was shooting high on, on everything. So I had to go with a heavier arrow, which actually helped me in the wind, I think. So it didn't really have much effect on the arrow at all. A little bit. What were you running? 140 grain points? Yeah. Well done, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it did seem. John, you were using one tens as well, right? I was using one tens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your, yeah, so, so, Al so Alex Melnick does make some really pretty cool heavy points too so i might be playing around with those a little bit um he makes those up for the nanos up to 140 grains as well so i might have to combat dilly's 140 with my 140 <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think that you'll have to because your draw length's a little bit shorter than dilly right no no He's got monkey arms <laughs> Size doesn't matter. <laughs> He's like three inches shorter than me, and his arms are like longer. Oh, than mine. right, that's, that's that's right. He draws short and, and does this, so yeah. he doesn't get full full draw <laughs> out of it. Um, so one one thing I would like to know is um, how was Robert's first experience? Uh, what will he think he's going to change for next time? And, um, I don't know what, what, what would his be, what would his words be for someone who's on the fence of maybe getting into target archery? Well, I would say just try it and just do it. Um, there's nothing holding you back. Uh, you know, whether you get a medal or whether you come in last place, it's the people in archery have always been so nice and inviting and open to questions and advice. You can get so much advice, good advice, bad advice, but um, I would just say, go and try. Don't hold yourself back. Robert, how long have you been shooting barebow? Uh, about a, a little less than two years ago. I blew up my compound in Joad. I misfire, I dry fired, and I went home and I looked around. I had a 23-inch riser with some 20-pound limbs, and I said, barebow it is. <clears throat> and... <laughs> 
And then Joe saw me shooting that, and he started throwing stuff at me, going, "Big man, little bow. We need to get you a little something a little bit better." So, help me out a lot. He uh, he he did look pretty funny with that twenty three inch bow. <laughs> well, you couldn't have waited one more year because I would have liked to see that at Target Nationals. I have a picture. <laughs> yeah. I can forward you a picture. I'll, I'll put one on Facebook for you. He he looked like a six foot five Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been, that been like the that would have been an awesome picture side by side with me and Robert. I had like a seventy five inch bow, and he would have had like a sixty five inch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like waiting to shoot with Dilly, and I got my hand on the top of my limbs, and my hands like way up here. <laughs> hey, what happened to size doesn't matter? You just said that a while ago. <laughs> I proved I proved my point is it doesn't matter. <laughs> Billy's <laughs> little bowl prevailed. <laughs> but yeah, I think Doug Denton and Hoyt is really doing some great things. Um, which I think if we're a manufacturer to actually listen to some shooters, like you know, Barabo shooters is is that says a lot. So I mean, um I think the equipment's really good and I think it's only gonna get better. So Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, that's you're 100 right man it's a huge step and kudos to you guys for sort of i mean obvious you're the obvious choice for a hoyt um shooting staff but at the same time as much as like the whole pro staff shooting staff thing kind of gets annoying in like the compound world you almost need it like you, you need it for in some ways you need, you need other manufacturers then to jump on board to be like you don't not necessarily the best you know you're not gonna everybody's not gonna get the best we're not, i guess we're not gonna have a matthews version of barebo because they have everyone but like but you need those other companies you need more manufacturers you need more across the board and you know until we get that you know we're st- we're inclining and things are going in the right direction for sure but covid really i think put a put a bit of a damper on that as well you know, with tournaments, you have some companies that aren't taking on staff because of it, um, you know, and stuff like that. But I mean, shout out to Doug and Hoyt and and Calvin and um, Dwayne. You, know, you got to give CD credit for what, what credits do because they're like the OGs of supporting Barabo. Um, We want to give those guys obvious credit as well. But and then Yost and all of the the main players who have helped keep things afloat and moving forward. So Matt. Well, I, th- I think we're definitely on, on an uptick of notoriety and, and people recognizing that there is potential in investing in Barabo. So I, I think that's going to, one of the things that's going to definitely help the class grow a little bit more. Yeah, we got some great personalities now, and the on the ladies' side too, and on the men's side. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So yep. Hopefully. Yeah, the ladies, the the ladies, I think were are where the men were a few years ago, and I think they're definitely making the uptick now too. So it, it'll be exciting to watch the ladies grow here in a couple of years. Yeah, yep. I think it's key to keep it fun. You know, it, it really is. At the end of the day, as competitive as we are, um, we still have fun with it. Uh, I think that's that's really the key to the sport. Um, not everybody's gonna want to compete, but you know when they do compete, you know we're 
we're having fun with it. Yeah, I think anybody, you know, it's intimidating going to your first big shoot. You know, I think a lot of people are like, I don't think I can do that or I don't even know what to do or where to go or, you know, just do it. I mean, ask any of the shooters that have been there and they're more than willing to help you out, you know, get you pointed in the right direction and just tell you everything that they know. I know all these guys, you know, on this call are great and will answer any anything that they know. They're not going to hold back information. So anybody that's out there that's thinking about doing one of these shoots, just do it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And if, if 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 the person you want to talk to is kind of busy, there's always Frank. So <laughs> message Frank. Always. <laughs> always. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's all right. <laughs> there's a little bit of um <clears throat> how do I get started um out there in the world, right? I know we YouTube things and okay, how do I start barebow and, and that sort of thing. So I think podcasts like this help. Um, but you guys speaking out and you guys doing your own content, that would be perfect. I mean, honestly, the more you guys can do, the better you get the word out there because it's intimidating. I mean, I just started Barebow and, and honestly, I didn't know how to start. I mean, you know, how do you start? How do you get involved? I actually got involved with Frank and that helped out a lot, but I got lucky there. Right. So, um, you know, and there's there's been a, a plethora of good information coming down the pipe. And then where are the tournaments that you can actually go to? So. Um, those sort of things and that information uh, need to be readily available. And I guess that's why we do podcasts and that's why we're trying to get as many people involved as possible in, in creating content. So um, you guys, when you put out stuff on, on your Instagram or your Facebook, there's, there's young guys or guys that are just trying to get in sport. They'll, they watch you. They, they watch you. They're, they're hanging on every word you say. So, I mean, the more you do it, the more we appreciate it. I know it probably sounds like, Ah, uh, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to put stuff out there. I don't want to be that guy. But honestly, you guys are, are the ambassadors of our sport. and We need you guys to put that information out there. So I want to thank you, though, for the stuff that you have done. Really, really do appreciate everything that's that, you you know, the role models that you guys uh, currently are. So uh, thanks for that. All right. With that, I think we'll wrap up. I think we had a really great conversation. Um, you guys are excellent. Uh, you're good sports. And also... Uh, competitors, competitors to the bone. We love it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, Frank, who are our sponsors this week? Is it well, Bars again? Or, and it's it's a, it's always, always Yost Archery Products. Always, always, always Eric That's and Tracy. Yost Archery um, Products. And um, Bannett, uh, excess for, from Excess Veins is what they're, I think their um, name is on Instagram and, and Facebook, but Excess Wings, we call them. I mean, accesswings.com actually so that, that gets you to their website great um you know and, and we're don't forget we're, i think they still have a uh code for that what, what was the code frank sparebow project 19 i believe was actually what it was but it, or we was it have 20? to talk to or no bearbow project 20 i'm sorry bearbow project 20 yeah is the code it's a uh, i think 20 percent off john yes yeah, we'll put so we'll go to their website and, and use that code and you get 20% off your excess swings. And, you know, Mick, I want to give a shout out to Archery Geek too, because Mick has hopped on, on board to help with editing. And tonight he's kind of doing a little bit of hosting and Mick's doing his own thing. So, you know, dude, you get, you get credit where credit is due because what I've, what we have found and you just talked about putting content out, putting content out is freaking hard. 
because it's time consuming. Dilly, you've done a little bit with us and you've sent videos and, you know, you know, like it, it, it actually plagues your training or like your preparation when you're starting to build. And Zernzak has found that out. I mean, he's, he's all over the place, but you know, it's, everybody has their, their niche and Archer Geek has, has become part of the Barabo Project family. And, you know, dude, it's your niche. So you're playing a role that is super, super important as well. So like I said, give credit where credit is due. And, you know, you guys down in Texas, man, you guys are growing the sport down there. You, you're pumping out shooters year after year and we're seeing new faces and that's just as important. I wasn't so afraid of social media. I'd probably, uh, you know, be a little bit more active in the community. It just scares the crap out of me. Sorry. I'm a geek. I, 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 think, the, I think the community is better off with you staying hidden behind. The <laughs> you might be stuff. right. Stay under your mushroom, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Stay under your mushroom. I will be reaching out to you to grab some stuff from you just to make sure that you get on there and, and people get experience here. We, we almost... We almost got him hooked on Facebook one time. Yeah. I'm like flipping. I'm like flipping through, and it said suggested friend. I'm like Joe Cash. I'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to tell my mom go away, and that was bad. I didn't get invited. I didn't get invited to Thanksgiving that year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the reason for that year, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> A couple other ones down the road, but yeah, that's another. Perhaps episode. another time. <laughs> All right, man. You guys are fantastic. Well, thank, thank you. you. I was thank you. Say thanks, Dilly, for coming on. You're like the fourth time. I don't even freaking know how many times you've been on this podcast. Yeah, we um, would like to thank Dilly's awesome mustache for, for coming <laughs> on and enjoying us. <laughs> um, but and Joe and Joe and and Robert, you guys, thanks so much. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this before. It's a kind of we're the only ones that do it this way. But you know, thank you so much. No, this was great. This was great. Great kids um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Hope you had a great time. Don't forget to thank our sponsors: Archery Geek, XS Wings, and Yoast Archery Products. Come on back next time and join us on the Bear Bow Project Podcast.